everyone. Thank you for taking the time to listen to the very first Adam Dearest podcast. The aim of this podcast is to further understand how people think and create in the 21st century. For today's episode, I'm joined by singer-songwriter Ryan Gilpin. Ryan, welcome. Hello. <laughs> we did it. We did it. We finally got on. Yeah, we had some technical issues. It all resolved. Now we're just doing it in person. Um, nice to see you. Yeah, it's good to see you too, man. I'm excited about this podcast. Oh, thanks. It should be fun. <laughs> Are we, have we got the right distance from each yeah, other? Yeah, we're, we're just about 1.5 meters apart, so I think we're okay. Okay, cool. <laughs> we did hug before, so... Oh, that's no, kind of, we didn't. No, we did not. That's kind of cheating. <laughs> Um, cool. Well, thanks for joining me. Uh, so yeah, I just wanted to chat to you about creative stuff. Yeah, you're a very creative man, singer, songwriter. <laughs> do some awesome stuff. Uh, so do you want to just chat about uh, where you're from? How you made it to Sydney? Because you're born in England. But yeah, you've been here for a while. How did yeah. that come about? Yeah. So uh, as you know, uh, but for everyone who doesn't, my um, my parents are Australian. And they moved to the UK um, a long time ago to start a church. And so I was born uh, over there, but my mum always got me, she got me an Australian passport. Oh. And now she, uh, she regrets that very heavily. Why? Because, uh, because when I was 22, I decided to use that and, and move here to uh, one of the most beautiful cities in the world, Sydney. Yeah. So um, yeah, so moved here, moved here seven years ago, and uh, the rest is history, really. Uh, so, how did you know music? You're you're a great pianist. How did that come about? How did you start uh, playing music? Thanks, man. Never said anything so kind to me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, so um, when I was. Um, well, my first love was actually dancing. It oh. wasn't. It wasn't music, and um, I was uh, thinking on the way here, do I tell everyone that? And I was like, oh, I will. <laughs> yeah. uh, but probably when I was like three or four, I was obsessed with Michael Flatley and uh, oh, the Lord of the yeah, dance. yeah. So the Irish, the Irish dancer, and I think for me it was like. I loved dancer. I, I was going around the room copying all his moves, like and trying to do Irish dancing. Um, but more than that, it was kind of like seeing someone, um, you know, uh, be good at what they do, yeah. and also then out of that put together a whole production and uh, lead something, and that really inspired me. Um, I think after that, um, I was a little bit, maybe a little bit on the spectrum, a bit, a bit uh, hyperactive, and yeah. um, I remember as a, as a kid, um, someone actually came around to my mum's house and said. Oh, we want to uh, we want to put Ryan in a in a special needs school. All um, oh, right. So I've, I've taken attention already. <laughs> I'm a good storyteller. So they were like, "Oh, we want to put Ryan in a special needs school because we feel that he's um, he doesn't concentrate in class. He's always daydreaming." Yeah, right. Um, and really, to be honest, I was always in class. I was all I was thinking about was the stage. Mm. Uh, all I was thinking about was productions and lights and music and sound. And um, I was just yeah daydreaming about that and my mum said to the teacher my, my son there's nothing wrong with him he's, he's just he's just intelligent he's yeah. just highly creative so we're not going to put him in that school um, but one of the things my mum did do to try and focus my attention is get me um, get me into music and so she um, got me uh, piano lessons with this uh, lady uh, down the road in our street her name was Melody which is which <laughs> is <laughs> <laughs> It's funny. <laughs> yeah, her name was Melody. She was tone deaf. <laughs> she was a great teacher, actually. Um, yeah, so um, started having lessons with her. I learned by numbers. I didn't learn by notes initially. I learned like my her first finger was one and two, three, four, five. So I learned like that initially, yeah. and. Um, 
Yeah, I, I kind of I took to it quite well, but I have to say I did get really bored in practicing. Practicing was terrible. Mm. Hated practicing, and uh, yeah, at one point I wanted to give up entirely, but Mum just said, "Oh no, you, we force you. You have to carry on. You have no option." <laughs> and now I owe everything to that decision. So I'm so glad she forced me to keep going. Mm. Why, why do you Why do you like practicing? Oh, it's, practicing's terrible. I don't think uh, someone said to me once until you're hating hating life and hating like playing like you're not practicing like yeah you have to be hating it to be actually practicing otherwise you're not pushing through any barriers um is okay um, I thought of that. yeah cool is one way of kind of looking at it because until that point you just kind of just rehearsing something you can already do yeah yeah um but i don't know when you when you're initially when you're not really good at something yet it's all just pushing through barriers and it's only kind of I would only I only started to enjoy playing piano maybe um, eight and maybe ten nine ten years in you know when I was probably like 16 ish I was like oh, I can kind of play it more fluently I can sit down and make things up I can compose with it I can write songs with it and then then it, then it's quite fun um, you don't have to think about it you don't have to think so much um, but then of course with any creative thing when you kind of get okay at something um, it's easy just to rest on your laurels and mm. I, don't, I don't know where that saying came. I don't even know what a laurel is <laughs> what's a laurel from Laurel and Hardy maybe. Or, is it I don't know oh, okay. I just it <laughs> um, it's easy just to you know just rest and and uh, because of that I, I couldn't say I've got too much better at piano since I was 18 of course though like maturity and life experiences like with any art form that makes you better mm. because you bring you more depth into your into your musicianship that you couldn't have brought to it when you were 18 and even more even therefore more restraint which yeah. as creatives we are all gradually learning more and more that that is a, a key component to anything that's good mm. is knowing where to where to let off steam creatively and where to apply restraint so I'd say I've got better there but yeah practicing is not something that I particularly enjoy <laughs> yeah that's alright so when did, was it around 16 when you wrote your first song or were you writing songs when you were oh yeah so songwriting um, yeah so for, for, for people who don't know I'm, I'm prime well up to this point anyway I've been pri- primarily a, a, a Christian songwriter because uh, I was raised in raised in church my parents were pastors mm-hmm. uh, they may or may not have forced me to go to church every week but <laughs> I actually never uh, never minded that and uh, the, the, I guess the, the faith became my own quite young mm-hmm. and so um, yeah I, I think to write a song you have to write about something that you actually really deeply care about and for me that's always been that's always been sort of church and God and anything to do with that and how I'm feeling about that uh, so my f- my first song if that was the question my first song was written when I was 11 and it was when I went to America because my my cousin actually uh, passed away right my cousin was uh, 11 years old his name was uh, Benjamin and uh, he had uh, autism and epilepsy and, and he he, uh, he passed away when he was 11 and I um, went across with my dad for the funeral and my uh my cousin Jordan Gilpin, who's the same age as me, um, showed me that he'd been he'd been writing a few songs, and uh, he showed me this song that he wrote. And since then, he he hasn't 
taken that much further but I tell you what I was really I just felt a little bit jealous yeah. when he showed me the song I don't know why I think it's because in my heart I knew that maybe I could probably do it better than him but I don't know but yeah so so he showed me I was like I'm gonna write I'm gonna try this I'm gonna write a song so I sat down at his piano and I wrote uh, my first little chorus which went uh, which was uh, called Forgiving Friend and the, uh, the was that about you forgiving him for writing yeah no it was no it wasn't really uh, but yeah the song the chorus was you're a forgiving friend always you're a forgiving friend even though trouble comes my way you're there you're there something like that so not particularly like <laughs> you know big fence poetry or mm. anything like that but um it definitely was hooky, it definitely was catchy, and it got me started. Um, and then since then, maybe like, yeah, when I was 13, I wrote another song. And actually that, that song when I wrote when I was 13 got on a um, an album of, of a, quite a large youth conference that uh, was associated with my, my parents' church. Mm-hmm. And so that was the, and they did a big live recording of, of that. So yeah, when it was, uh, I think that was done when I was 14. So when I was 14, I got to watch this, uh, like all these hundreds of people singing, probably the second song that I'd ever written, uh, got recorded. Yeah. And that was a huge moment for me. And I, I remember just stood uh, in this kind of uh, camera, uh, camera person's cage, yeah. like high above everybody else, just watching everybody singing this song. And it, it felt good. And I think I probably caught the bug at that point. Yeah. <laughs> that it was something kind of that I wanted to pursue. Yeah, and um, and I'm, I'm doing a lot of the talking. <laughs> no, that's, that's the point. <laughs> Is that the point? <laughs> okay, thank God. You are nailing this. Okay, great. Um, um, I will I will just say this as well, that um, I had to kind of decide at one point what I was going to pursue the most because I was good at a lot of things. Right. I did. What do you mean, musically? I just... know, uh, like, uh, all around in the, in the arts... Um, I was the I, I was into acting. Yeah, I was into I was into dance, um, and all the way through my teens, I pursued both those things quite hard, quite strong. Um, but then I remember my um, I spoke to my dad once actually. It was probably like sixteen. Now, you know, sometimes like it can be a, a dad or an old mentor. There's just now and again they say something that will like never ever like escape your mind as mm. long as you live like and there's yeah, they're few and you. far between yeah they're few and far between but probably a lot of us can remember at least one thing that someone said to us that like you'll never forget and he said to me Ryan you're good at um, you're good at acting you're good at dance but uh, but songwriting is the main thing you should be pursuing and your dad said that <laughs> my dad said that to me yeah and uh, I will never forget him saying that. Um, so how old were you then? I was probably I was probably around sixteen. I think I probably I think I was sixteen. Yeah. And I think now I've taken that a little bit more broadly to mean composition, mm. and probably more music in general. Um, but um, but yeah. So since then I was kind of okay. Well, maybe we should narrow this in a little bit um, and see where that goes. Yeah. Cool. So that was a really powerful moment. Mm, yeah. For sure. For sure. Awesome. So, what do you, f- what do you feel when you play music? Like, do you feel? <laughs> does it, I know that's yeah. a big question. No, but I love do, it. do you feel? How does it change you, or does it change you? Um, you know, like when you're writing a song. Yeah. Well, writing a song. Oh gosh, there's so many different um, feelings that you get when writing a song. From from absolute delight to absolute 
that frustration mm. like uh, and they're both very they're quite extreme emotions and I'd say most songs good songs are started in delight and finishing frustration because right. you start with the inspiration and then after that you kind of have to craft it to get it into something that's excellent unless of course you get one of those very rare moments where you write a song within 20 minutes and it's and it's really great and that happens now and again um excuse me but um i um yeah the the times that i the times that i it's a hard question to it's a hard question to answer. There's a, there's a few times that I'd, I I would write something good, and one of them would be if I'm really upset. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so if something's happened or someone said something, and I'm just in a bit of a mess, or um, I remember uh, a year ago waking up during the night at two thirty in the morning, just really in kind of deep distress over over something, and and actually in that particular instance because I, I live in Sydney I was really missing my family and just uh, someone had said something that day about family and it just woke me up <laughs> in the middle of the night about uh, your family yeah no just about fam- they just mentioned family in general I think um, I think um, I think they couldn't they couldn't chat because they were they said they were with their family or something like that it was just something that was not really related to me but it woke me up and I was like oh yeah like I don't have family here and uh, yeah I, I was like tears in my eyes and and I thought to myself, if I if I go and sit down at the piano right now, I'm gonna write something good. <laughs> and so so I made myself sit down at the piano and I just started singing through the through the emotion, through the pain. And yeah, I, I wrote I wrote a chorus um, and I ended up recording that and I'm putting it on an album. Um, so I guess if you're asking like what what do you feel when you write, it can really it can really vary, but. I would say that I have to be feeling something, like because if I'm not feeling anything, then then I'm writing something that's kind of uh, a bit um, neutral. Like it it needs to carry some sort of emotive quality, and it needs to not be fake. Mm. Like I need to not be writing something just to create an emotion, but convey an emotion in a sense. Like I'm not trying to manufacture a feeling, because yeah. because people are smarter than that. Like that there, there, there's they what, can tell they can tell like people like can hear a piece of music but then it's somehow for some reason it's got a lax depth and it's a fascinating topic like area of, of discussion but like you know people have a deeper knowing and so I don't want to just I, I could write a song right now that kind of was ticking all the boxes yeah very easily but you wouldn't perhaps people wouldn't want to they wouldn't feel as much then if I wrote something simpler um, but in a place of um, either uh, feeling really happy or feeling sad or something that you know you'd be able to feel that mm. um, so music music for me it definitely is a way of expressing emotion uh, but it's also work you know it's also work yeah. just like anything it becomes work over time and uh, um, yeah so it, it, it it, it, it's a mixture it's a mixture of of, of, of love and hate yeah. <laughs> depending on where I am at, at, at in the process yeah. yeah that was a confusing answer but no, my, my brain's good. just I'd, flowing no it's it's good <laughs> it was a it was a big question to process yeah yeah so you've a few months ago you released an album yeah called One yeah can you talk about the process of 
you know, writing the songs for that and how it how it came together? Yeah, for sure. Um, well, um, <laughs> yeah. So it was a it was a interesting process, and looking back, I'm quite a. I can't believe that I did it. Mm. Um, I mean, you were you were there, Adam, because obviously we're friends, and we uh, spoke to you about when I was first uh, thinking about doing an album. And I said to you, "Oh, like uh, you know, if, if I'm going to do an album, I'm thinking about doing it live." And I was discussing like venues and where I was gonna where I was gonna do it. And uh, I don't know, it's like, uh, and and you'd know because you've you've written plays before and, and seen a whole process through. Um, and you look back and you go. Oh, I can't believe that actually came to fruition, mm. and it actually did it. Um, and it cost an awful lot of money. I'm telling you that right now. <laughs> but um, but yeah. So um, I wanted to do an album. I hadn't ever done a full album before, and one of the key components for me to make it really me was to involve other people, like in a um, very key way. Uh, for some reason, one of the things that excites me the most as an artist is not is releasing other people. Mm-hmm. I mean, releasing, I mean, like uh, giving people a chance and a voice and a platform. Um, and, and specifically, that means, you know, giving them sections of songs to sing, featuring their name on it, having them central um, within it. Um, it really excites me to release other artists mm-hmm. um, and it gets me going more than like more than most things for some reason um, and so I knew that if I was going to do it it had to be called something other than Ryan Gilpin so I just I came up with the name Ryan Gilpin and Co and that that Co could be interchangeable over time yeah, yeah. or whatever it, it kind of gave me a framework and so I uh, I got some musicians together I got some uh, people who lead worship in my uh, local church uh, together and asked them to be involved and um, and early early I didn't have any songs uh, though I had no songs uh, to put towards the project yeah. which is a lot of ideas though but over lots of years I'd be record I always record stuff on my phone um, but I had I had no finished songs so I was like okay well if I'm doing the album I've booked in the date now I've hired the studio I've asked people to be involved now I need some <laughs> Now I need some material. Yeah, you gave yourself no way out. <laughs> well, yeah, and, and I don't know, like, for me, that's quite helpful, Adam, because um, if I don't give myself something that I have to do, I'm a bit of a procrastinator. Sometimes mm. I just won't do it, and it's a bad side of creativity sometimes. Absolutely. Like, it, uh, it, 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 yeah, it's it not good. Um, and I admire creatives who are incredibly disciplined and... Um, yeah, and it's something that I'm wanting to grow growing in my in my in my personal life, but in this case, I just decided what I was doing. Yeah, and and gave myself a deadline, and so that was good. So I just uh, the, I think the reason that Adam I decided that I could do the project because I knew the songs were in me. Mm. I'd been through a lot uh, over over a period of maybe six years, so I I I knew that those songs were there. I knew the topics were there, uh, and so almost like subconsciously, I felt safe to to create some art, or create because I knew that the inspiration was there. I just hadn't articulated it yet. Mm. Yeah, 
And so then that process started early last early uh, in 2019 of, of trying to get these songs out of me and onto paper. Cool. And so, yeah, you recorded it live, the live audience. Yeah. And um, yeah, and uh, you were there on the, on the, front, I was on the front there. row. It's on the front row. Yeah, so you wanted to be filmed. So you I just wanted to be on the album cover. <laughs> that, was, that was my, my whole plan. I wore my favorite cardigan. <laughs> exactly. I was ready to rock. Cool. So yeah, so there's nine tracks. Yeah, nine tracks. We recorded it live um, at Studios 301 in the city. I got like maybe, I think 140, 50 people came. Um, and yeah, it was a, it was a, uh, it was a crazy experience for me, uh, Adam. Like, um, managed to get nine songs together. I, I approached. Um, someone who's become a friend of mine in Nashville her name's Mia Fields yeah. and she'd written lots of songs that I that are very well known in the Christian circle and so I, I approached her um, in the end of 2018 asking if she'd write with me and she got back to me and we ended up writing a few songs together for the project which was just like one of the biggest like blessings and um, learning curves ever um, so that was pretty cool um, and yeah we, we recorded it live the day before though uh, was was hard because I actually completely lost my voice alright uh, I know that yeah 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 so um, so that must have been fun oh that was yeah that was that was terrible so yeah I've been singing like a lot because we did about 10 rehearsals mm -hmm. and in the last two weeks I kind of upped those rehearsals like the 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 grand amount of two rehearsals a week, which like depending what, <laughs> depending it's on what, just normal. Depending on what like industry you're in, like yeah. that is like there's nothing. That's like laughable in theatre at least. Yeah. But but um, but yeah. So we did the uh, we did two rehearsals in the last two in the last two weeks, and so I was like vocally probably wasn't applying as much self-control as I needed to do but the day before I just started to like feel like quite a lot of pain <laughs> in my vocal cords and um yeah my uh one of my closest friends um Joel uh actually surprised me he lives in Kuala Lumpur and he surprised me that day uh for my recording and and just popped out at reception at the one of the places I work and said, hey, surprise. And I was like, delighted to see him, but I actually uh, couldn't talk to him all afternoon. <laughs> and so it was, uh, I mean, I know him so well, so it wasn't it wasn't too awkward, but we, yeah. we spent the whole afternoon just, just texting. Just staring at each other. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and just, uh, and just well, not really. And, 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 um, and texting, because it, it was causing me so much pain to speak. And I was like, going through this kind of, um, what's it called like self-transcendent I don't know if that's the right word moment but I was kind of like was, is that the right way of saying it but I was thinking gosh I've got like all of these people coming tomorrow night I've hired at this studio I've got this band together we've rehearsed for 10 evenings a week none of the band are being paid yeah. they've done this for me and here I am the day before and I literally cannot sing a note I cannot sing above I don't know like a, a C or something like that. I can usually sing like a lot higher. Like it's pain is making it's painful for me to speak. And I'm like tomorrow night I have to sing for uh, all of rehearsal all afternoon. And then not only that, but everybody the whole day is counting on me for leadership. 
Mm. So I have to get to the studio early on the day. I have to make sure everyone, all the team, and we had a big team because it wasn't just a, a, a recording. It was an event and a live production and lots of people to manage. And so luckily I had a good team around me that really that really helped. But I was like, oh, this is terrible. Like, uh, what am I going to do? Um, and uh, yeah, and the songs are high. Like I tend to write songs that are quite high, which is so silly. Um, yeah, so that, that 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 wasn't good. But I guess the resolution of that of that story was uh, like honestly, I just I honestly just prayed. Like that night, I honestly just prayed. I was like, I was like, was that you know personally, I have I, I feel like I have a relationship with God. And so I was like, oh God, like, what do you want me to do? And I, I just had a sense that I just needed to trust him and follow him and not, not sort of push, not overstep. Uh, and so for rehearsal, I hardly sang a note. I just sang enough to get the, the, the mix right for, for everyone's ears, like uh, mm-hmm. for everyone's monitors. And, and then I ended up being fine in the evening. Um, but honestly, it was, it was just, I learned a lot through that experience for sure. Just not pushing yourself and uh, not straining and just uh, being relaxed and I think from that night I got a little bit of a breakthrough in that in that area yeah right <laughs> like not pushing yourself not so pushing hard. not pushing yourself so hard and, and not feeling like you have to kind of like be someone else and therefore kind of overdo things and for me that's always been a uh, a bit of a uh, yeah uh, something I've had to had to work on and conquer so not trying to get everything perfect. Yeah, not trying to get everything perfect. I think we all have those, as creators, we have those demons that try to, um, and I mean that like metaphorically, like yeah. <laughs> to not like, to, to try and like keep you from being free. Because when we're free, like we, we're our best and we get to act or we get to dance and, and yes, with technique, but with using that technique um, freely instead of using that technique in a way that binds us mm. and makes us overthink. And as soon as we do that, we are in a, we're not in the best territory to bless people as much as we could. Because people want to, yes, they want to watch something or listen to something that's technically accurate and great. But if it's not free, then then we're, they'll still listen because it's good. But they're, they're, they'll be missing out a little bit mm. on what it could have been. And I, I feel like my goal as an artist is to become more and more free. Yeah. And I'm not there yet. Uh, I, I might, I might step stage, my stage one. I mean, what my stage one is might seem like stage five to somebody else. But like, it's all relative. Mm-hmm. You just got to figure out what's your next step to become more free as a person, more free as an artist. And some things won't change until you change as a person. You know? yeah. Until you've wrestled with some stuff that you need to wrestle with in yourself and your identity and who you are. Your art form won't change. And I think people are sometimes so focused on, I need to change this about my art form. But maybe that's actually connected to something deeper in you as a person. Yeah. And when that's addressed, something in your art becomes unlocked. Absolutely. That's a great point. It is. Because yeah, I've always found if yeah. I grow as a person, I grow as an artist. Right. Yeah, you can't sure. be like forcing your art to develop and expand, yeah. but it can only move as far as you. Right. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. So, and usually that comes with age. Unfortunately, yeah. for some people... Unless there's really annoying people who are stupidly mature when they're <laughs> yeah, young. Like and 20. I have to say that's definitely not me, I'm telling you that. Yeah, <laughs> I, I would, I'm on, in the same, same category. 
Yeah, cool. So you, I mean, how is how does discipline play into that? Because you know, I know a lot of very gifted creatives who aren't particularly disciplined. Yeah. What what do you see the relationship between discipline and talent and and gifting? Well, how do you what what do you uh, what do you mean as discipline? Do you think? Heather? Well, I mean in terms of you know rehearsing you know practice the fun stuff oh yeah you know showing up early which is showing up on time yeah 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 the, the, so I guess the more practical things that people don't see they right. just see the performer or the performance uh, or the okay. talent yeah um yeah for sure I, I think for me discipline has come into play I think early on like if I'm going back to the stage where I was and I'm still developing a lot, but in the very early years, um, you know, even when I was at school, uh, I'd get, and I'm saying this because some adults right now kind of want to get better at, at what they're doing. And unfortunately you have to kind of go back to the stages if you were at school mm. and uh, you're doing that kind of teenagehood again in, in one particular area of your life, like in terms of um, the structure that you have around getting better at something when you're a teen and it's, the lesson's being paid for by your parents and you have to you're forced to rehearse and it's being checked up on like I had to be disciplined back then so I'd get home from school and I would like practice piano for an hour then I'd practice flute for an hour because I'm a, f- a flute player or a flautist <laughs> uh, I don't tell everybody now I've told everyone so. <laughs> everyone's um, gonna make fun of you yeah exactly oh, I'm used to that now um so yeah, I'd get home and I'd practice and then every Saturday I'd, I'd go and do my three hours worth of, 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 of stage school. Um, and then, um, but in my, in my adulthood, I'd say my, the discipline came from um, getting, more train, getting more training and, you know, I couldn't even say that that's over. You know, there's always areas you want to train in more and more specifically and you've you've done the same Adam like you've mm. you've gone back and, 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 and trained again even though you were you were good already thanks man <laughs> <laughs> no problem um, and so like I, I decided to do uh, to do uh, C3 C3 college mm-hmm. and uh, and and, uh, and study songwriting there and that was kind of humbling for me Adam because I was I was I was a fairly good songwriter already, but I was actually surprised at when I took the time to really focus on it. Because sometimes it's not, it's just, it's not the course you're doing, it's the focus that is going to yeah, that's a good cause you to, mm-hmm. to, uh, to apply. And I think that's a big, I think focus is a big word, like whatever you focus on has the opportunity to grow. Mm. And so the course really just... Um, made me focus on on the songwriting and I would say the discipline was to finish that course the discipline was to finish what I'd started yes Um, like uh, for me unfortunately just like I did with my album I need uh, an ultimatum to force discipline out of me because I'm not a naturally disciplined person yeah I'm like that too yeah I'm really not and I, I I wish I was. I'm probably not the best person to ask about that type of discipline, but <laughs> I am. I am the person to ask about having having the grit to to, mm. to um, I don't know um, to get through something to to get through something that's hard. The character, the, the character to do that. I have had to learn that and and do that. So 
you know, I would say like, if you're in a position like me, like to anyone listening, like, and you want to get better at something, sign up to something like, because it gives you accountability and then, and then make sure you finish that thing. Uh, it's probably a great way to be to be disciplined. You know, sign up for those those lessons. You know, for those piano lessons, and and uh, tell a bunch of your friends that you're doing it. And you know, for three months, you're going to go every week. And even if you can't afford the money too much, just you know, find it or it's that type of thing. I think mm. is a is is a discipline. Um, but of course, if you're going to be good at anything, it's going to require discipline at one point or the other. And I'm sort of being challenged at the moment. There's some dreams that I've had in my heart that I'm wanting to, um, and that's probably for, for another time, but wanting to see them to pass one, one day. And uh, I'm, I'm sort of realizing now that these are areas that I haven't got the skills in fully yet. Mm. And I'm sort of confronting this, this I wouldn't necessarily call it a giant just yet, but confronting this um, this thing. It's like, okay, well, if if I want to do that, then the ball's in my court. Like, I'm going to have to put some work in here. Mm. And in one sense, I've done a lot of work over the years on myself. Um, and yes, as a songwriter, but a little bit less so. Um, that's kind of come along with the ride. So I've done a lot of work on myself as a person, but less work on me as specifically completely as an artist. Mm -hmm. And I'm kind of getting to the point now where I'm like, ah, oh, if I'm wanting to achieve some things, I'm going to have to go back to work. Like I'm going to have right. to go back to discipline. I'm going to have to go back to... And it's a bit daunting, but it's also exciting because, you know, uh, all hard work uh, leads to a profit. Yeah. Uh, it's, a, it's a proverb in, in the Bible. So I believe that. I believe if you put some hard work into something uh, with, for the right reasons, you will get a result. So at the same time as it's been daunting, it, it can, it's kind of got a little bit of excitement to it as to what the possibilities are by putting some work in and seeing where it can go life's an adventure and it should be yeah and uh you know i don't want to be so risk averse that i never um never fulfill something that i could have and i don't want to look back in 10 years ago why didn't i do that mm. yeah absolutely i completely agree yeah i mean um yeah i think risk is something you need to consciously put in your life right to an to a certain extent yeah if anyone like if i'm any meeting some young kids yeah, um, yeah i'm not that old but young, younger than me uh who is thinking about doing something or going for something i usually say if you've got a good plan just go for it yeah because you can just overthink so many things you're like oh i'm thinking about moving overseas to do this i'm like just go yeah like you're sing if, especially if, if you're single you got nothing just go for it yeah because that's it's, it's yeah, I mean that's how you grow and learn, and that's life. Yeah, I know. You miss this, out. I know this podcast is meant to be a bit about me, but like, how, uh, <laughs> like, how, how have, how have you, like, what have you had to do in the last few years that you kind of taken a risk on, and you've, you felt kind of proud of that, or it's paying off? I would say going back to uni. Yeah, was hard. We're going to uni yet to get my degree in theatre and performance. Yeah, yeah, that's that's been a bit of a risk, and also just producing my own work, writing. Mm. You know, writing and producing. Next yeah, to that play, uh, David, if you they're through the valley, through yeah, the valley, yeah, which is awesome. And that was very stressful. I mean, I'm pretty sure I had some kind of emotional breakdown. <laughs> like literally, I think I did. <laughs> looking back, it took me a while to, to come back from that. Oh, no, I do remember that. Actually. 
it was very yeah it was a but I grew a lot and I learned a lot yeah and, and it's part of that thing like doing the album you're like oh I've actually done it and no one died and yeah it's worked it's funny that you said your, your, your play was called Through the Valley and then you kind of went through the valley I kind of went through a valley yeah. it's like the creative lows isn't it after you've done something and you kind yeah. of have this plummet yeah. of what do I do now <laughs> yeah and I think you've got to you know part of what you're saying like the risk taking is you need to find some way to create your own work or find some avenue where you are not necessarily relying on everybody else or anyone else to to hand you something or create a path for you there's there's a big part of creativity where you have to forge something you've got to cut something out of a cut it out of the rock wow that's 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 amazing but yeah, I mean, you know, no, that that's so out. true. No, no, that's something I'm thinking about at the moment. Yeah. Like that's, yeah, like having not having something given to you is actually a pretty major component in in um, in everything in everything. But like having to think, okay, well, if I want to achieve this, what am I going to do mm. about it? <laughs> is a huge question because you can end up saying to yourself, I can't. You're just telling yourself, oh, I can't do that. Right. I can't afford that. Or I can't write a song or I can't make an album. But rather, if you start changing your mindset to, well, how could I do it? Right. Like, what would I need to do to make it happen? Yes. And then your creativity starts unlocking and your brain starts working. Right. Then you start getting ideas. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Of course, I will say this, like, finance is a a huge part of this as well. And I think, uh, like, um, actually, I probably don't know enough creatives to make it such a observation but I would imagine that um, finances can take a bit of a lower priority for creators because we want to be artistic but then we kind of forget that uh, we can't do anything without money yes <laughs> and so so for a lot of people it is the balance of and it's a it depends on what city you live in Sydney's fairly expensive but the balance of like I want to be creative but I also need to work a to to pay rent and feed myself, but but also to fund a project, and uh, unfortunately that means working a lot harder than the average person. Um, in one sense, I mean it depends because there's lots of amazing people out there yes. that are doing full time jobs and doing degrees and all sorts of that. Like that's amazing, but like you know, to 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 actually be creative, it requires um, when you're at the stage, it's not making you the money it requires an awful lot of work and it requires an awful lot of split focus mm. and um, categories of, of life that are kind of seen quite separate annoyingly separate and it's like the the um, the, the path the untrodden path that we all have to kind of fight through and go through until the art starts to make you some money and um, which could be a long time which could be a very long time um, yeah and 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 but it can happen, but until then, um, you're having to wrestle between the time that you spend on the work and the time that you're having to be creative. And if you have to work a lot, then it pushes it into the evenings and that. Um, and I don't know why I'm saying that. Maybe just to just to affirm that that process yeah, for people. Yeah, yeah. And I think just to understand that that is a normal a normal process and a normal a normal wrestle. Um, and, and to also understand and not to negate the need for 
fun money because the, you know the, there's no way that I could have done this project without having saved a lot the year yes. before. Yeah. And I didn't know why I was saving. I just thought that yeah, I need to, I need to, uh, I need to save this year. And um, yeah, and that that money that I managed to to save that year in in 2018 meant that I could record in 2019. Um, so I think you go through seasons where it's like, okay, I'm I'm going to focus on saving this year. Okay, now I'm going to focus on doing this creativity. But you know, they they kind of have they're kind of mutually dependent. You know, you have to you yeah. have to do both. Yeah, no, that's that's a good point. Yeah, because you're you're absolutely right with the finances. It's such a big. Yeah. You want to act like money isn't important, but yeah. really that's nonsense. Yeah. So yeah, you. That's a really so that was point. the financial segment of our podcast. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> <I'm just, laughs> that's that's the extent of our financial yeah, knowledge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You need the money. The next page. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, because people think that you know you're going through a phase, right? Where yeah. like, and, and like you you unless you're like super famous and making millions of dollars maybe you should try something right, else yeah. like, it's just not how a creative person thinks yeah like I I just don't think that way obviously you need to be smart and you need to have some side hustles and make money and, and you know so you can live yeah but it's not like I'm gonna just stop yeah creating yeah because I'm not making money yeah it's, it's not why yeah anyway, it's just a different mindset yeah, that's something we just don't get it that's one thing I respect about you Adam is that like you you're not going you are definitely not in a phase and you never have been like you keep at it and keep at it no matter how much continual <laughs> failure I experience <laughs> no well that's definitely only self self-professed yeah um, but yeah I mean like you're a I mean I know other people say that about you as well Ed, but uh, anyway I'm not here to, to compliment but there you go thanks <laughs> I appreciate that. That's very kind of you. Uh, so, yeah, I was going to talk about you've recently just written, co-written another song. What did yeah. You write? Did you write the Passover or did you? Oh, uh, I wrote it. With, uh, no, I wrote it with Hannah White. Yeah, she really helped on on the lyrics, actually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so that came out last week. Yeah. So, well, like it was a quick write. Like yeah. I wrote it within a week. Um, although I had the chorus melody before mm-hmm. but yeah I wrote a song uh, I wanted to write a song about the current COVID-19 situation mm. and I wanted to write it from a biblical perspective and the story of Exodus came to mind where and um, you know most people have heard of Moses whether they're Christian or uh, or a faith or, or not mm-hmm. and uh, how he you know wanted to let get his let his people go and um, from uh, from captivity and uh, and then Lots of plagues came upon the. Um, it is Egypt, yeah. yeah. God, oh my gosh! <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Where do you actually? Oh my God, it is Egypt. <laughs> you've actually got to talk about something out loud. <laughs> Wait, is it? So, so yeah. So then, uh, plagues came upon uh, upon. Uh, what do you call it? City. Uh, the Russians. <laughs> City. And uh, and God said to his to, to the Israelites, if you if you uh, put the blood of a lamb on the door, then the plague won't won't enter. And uh, I was inspired by that, and I I wrote um, I, uh, I I originally just kind of had a chorus idea, which was just uh, your blood's on the door, something like that, and um, I wanted to write about like. I guess metaphorically the, putting the blood of Jesus the, the lamb upon the doors of our lives and how uh, just the protection of God upon upon you uh, in this in the season uh, and then um, 
I took it to, to a friend of mine, Hannah White, who sings on, on my album uh, and uh, just for some help and, and just it. I, I always like hearing other people sing my songs. It kind of makes them come to life for me. Right. So even in the writing process, I just wanted to hear her sing the verses and yeah. just hear how it sounded. Yeah. It really helped with the lyrics. Um, and then I realized it was the week before Easter. And of course, like Easter is, um, it is it's called uh, in, well, in like Jewish tradition, it is the Passover time. And the the word the the Passover the Passover yeah, the Easter comes from the Exodus story of when the the plague passed over. Mm. That's where it came from. It passed over. It passed over the doors. It did not enter. And I was like, oh my gosh! I'm writing this song about this the the uh, this uh, coronavirus um, situation, and um, and it's about the blood. It's about the the the, uh, the plague passing over. And it's Easter, and it is the Passover. And I was like, oh, I honestly just, I was like, oh, okay. You hadn't thought of it. I hadn't thought of it. So I thought, okay, well, we just need to quickly record it uh, this week. So we wrote it. It was a rushed write. Like, it wasn't, it wasn't like, would I want to nuance it a little bit more? Would I, yeah, probably, probably. But it, it got to the state, it got to the point where I was like, oh, I'm happy enough mm. to, 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 and I'm not, I hadn't recorded it, like, I'm not putting it on Spotify right now or anything like that. It might yeah, come. I noticed that. So it's on YouTube. It's just on YouTube. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so so um, there's two two things I want to say about this. Number one is that it's quite good to not be a, too much of a perfectionist because it's like, you know what? It's good enough and it's good for your ego mm-hmm. to kind of put something out there that's not 100%. And I, for me, that's quite freeing because I'm like, is this about me? and my songwriting and me being the best or is this about uh, blessing people and if it's about blessing people then uh, it, is, it can be the difference between never getting it out or getting it out and it being good enough and it being good quality and I know it's a good it's a good quality song it's not the best song ever but I'm like you know what if I put it out it will bless some people mm. and there was some uh, heard some uh, re- like testimony of like a doctor you know like playing it like 10 times like when she's at work and just crying as yeah. through the song as she was like having to constantly confront pe- like people yeah. worrying if she was going to get the virus and she was listening mm. to the song crying so I'm like well I could have taken made it about me and thought this song's not good enough this is not reflective of me as a songwriter and by the way I'm not saying that that I believe that I think it's I'm pretty happy with it but like you know was I ecstatic with it maybe maybe not maybe not ecstatic but I'm like well if I make it about me I'm going to have to like spend a lot more work like a bit more work on it I was like this is not about me this is about Mm. blessing people so I'm going to accept you know 98% and I think it's a really freeing thing to do because as artists we can be so self-absorbed that this becomes all about us and we don't put our work out there if it's not about us then we just accept that it's good enough for everybody else yeah that's a really good point yeah good insight yeah because you're always thinking about what how you view it Mm. rather than how people might receive it yeah and people don't notice a lot of people don't notice the little out of tune notes like you can hear it all but it, often people don't notice everything. Um, and the other thing I wanted to say was the first title for the song was The Blood's on the Door. Right. <laughs> and then we it's sort like, of thought, well, we thought, that's a really creepy title. Yeah. <laughs> the Blood's yeah. on the Door. The blood, yeah. Who wants to listen to a song called The Blood's on the Door? Yeah. That's <laughs> like a horror movie song. <laughs> exactly. So we changed that. And yeah, if people don't know 
The people can have no idea what that song's about. Yeah, I know. For the title. So the Passover's, yeah. Yeah, but a bit more appropriate. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, go check it out. Yeah. yeah, cool. And I've put, I'll put all the links to your album on Spotify and oh, all that. You're a gentleman. The, on the podcast, so people can check it out. Thank you. If they wish. So what is next for Ryan Gilpin? What is next? Um, so... Uh, Probably, um, I'm, I've been invited and I'm going to quite a few churches uh, this year and uh, when everything opens up again, obviously, and, and next year uh, to go in uh, to sing and to minister and to speak. So uh, that takes up quite a lot of my uh, attention and focus and it's probably one of the, the key things that I want to, want to do and feel excited and called to do all along. So just going and helping build, build churches. Um, and apart from that, I'd say it's sort of my um, interest in sort of delving into other areas of composition is kind of like arising again. Uh, and of course, like I want to release some more singles. So like this year and next year, you know, there'll be there'll be more music on the way, uh, more Christian music, which is great because um, like churches are singing the songs and um, which is like the number one thing for me is like, I just want people to be blessed. I want the church to be equipped. Mm-hmm. And of course we have like the headliners like Bethel and Hillsong and all of these things. But, you know, I will say to people like, don't be off put by the headliners of your profession. <laughs> like, yeah. like there are, there, there's certain things that only you can do and there's an audience that only you can reach. Mm. And there's a sphere, a sphere, a sphere of influence that, that uh, is yours to take. So take it with both hands and don't be ashamed of it. That was awesome. That was great, man. Well, I think that's a pretty good place to, to wrap it up. Brilliant. Of course. Thank you so much, man, for coming out. Pleasure. And chat. Really enjoyed it. Pleasure. I loved it as well. Yeah. Thanks good. for having me. Thanks, man.